This is Evermore Poe, the turbulent youth of Edgar Allan Poe. Chapter 15 Eddie pored over his interview notes in anticipation of learning about African magic. He took lunch in the Academy's library and returned there after school, ignoring everything else. Come on, Poe, what's gotten into you? His friend said. Yeah, you're acting weird lately, another said. Forget him, another said, giving up entirely. Eddie knew his friends didn't understand, but he didn't care. He was on a mission. Setting up the meeting with Eudoja had been risky enough. There would be no chance of a follow-up. He only had one shot to get the interview right. On the walk home, self-doubt began to kick in. Eddie didn't like to lie, especially to Ma, but there was no other way. His foster parents would never allow him to go to the slave cabins alone, and the idea of seeking out information on legends and curses, well, that was off the charts. There was simply no logical reason for a white boy from the city to seek the help of an old slave woman in the countryside for anything, period. But Eddie had worries of another nature, too. Witchcraft and conjuring were intimidating subjects, and although he kept telling himself he didn't believe in the supernatural, a part of him couldn't escape the possibility that it was very real. He shook off his reluctance and pushed on towards home. Fear aside, Eddie was convinced that if he could just prove his theory about the universal roots of magic, he was sure to receive literary accolades from Headmaster Clark and perhaps even Pa's acceptance as a writer. He also knew that if his plan failed, there would be hell to pay. If Ma ever found out he was studying the occult, her pious heart would be broken in two. Pa wouldn't be bothered by sacrilege so much as social embarrassment, and Eddie knew Ma's tears always led to a meeting with Pa's belt. By late afternoon, Eddie started to doubt his ability to pull off his scheme. Would he get caught? He was too far in to double back. The performance at the dinner table had fooled everyone. Or did it? His real mother was a celebrated stage actress after all. Eddie imagined how proud Eliza Poe would be of his acting prowess. But then again, his real father, David, was said to be a horrible stage actor by the critics. So which parent did he resemble, really? Dinner made for barren discourse like it often did. Talk, 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 but nothing being said. The white noise of Aunt Nancy's day then turned to Eddie. Are you excited about your outing tonight, Eddie? The question caught him off guard. Oh, God, he thought, she knows. He sat frozen for a second, only to realize Nancy was referring to his phantom astronomy project. Oh, yes, he said. Should be fascinating. And such a beautiful night, too, she said. Eddie suddenly realized he hadn't thought about inclement weather. He thanked his lucky stars, literally, for the serendipity of the clear night sky. Perhaps the heavens were conspiring with him after all. Uh, yes, quite lucky for that. Lucky indeed. Eddie announced he needed to collect his things for his outing. He picked up his plate and excused himself from the dinner table. Leave your plate for the girl to clean, Pa said. No, it's all right, Pa. I've got it. Eddie entered the kitchen and found Juliet cleaning up. The sound of the door caught her attention, and she turned to look over her shoulder, ready with a smile. His heart skipped a beat. What a gorgeous girl, he thought. This world is so unjust. Come back through on your way out, she whispered. I have some things for you. He nodded and ran up the rear stairs, anticipation mounting. The butterflies in his stomach had evolved into bats. 
Donning his best coat, Eddie grabbed his notebook and a handful of pencils. He glanced around the room to ensure he hadn't forgotten a thing. Back in the kitchen, Juliet handed him a bucket covered with a cloth. What's this? A few things for onto you. Some molasses, jam, a loaf of bread. I never did get to say a proper goodbye to her, but I send my regards and such when I can. Auntie you will appreciate this. Now here's the plan, Eddie. The stable boy's got a horse ready for you out yonder in the carriage house, so there's no need to worry about losing time. Y'all just get out to the countryside as safely as you can, all right? Now you run into anyone along the way, you be cordial, but keep on moving. Don't say nothing to no one, and you listen up for this part. Tis very important. When you return tonight, I'll have two lanterns on the front porch. If they both lit, your folks don't suspect a thing. But if you see one lantern, something has run afoul. I'll be listening in to your ma and pa this evening, just to be sure. But again, if you see one lantern, you pass the house altogether and go straight down the alley. The stable boy out there will know if something's afoot. Juliet had thought of everything. Eddie promised he'd follow her plan to the letter before poking his head back into the dining room to say goodnight to his family, still blissfully unaware of his true plans for the evening. Eddie mounted the horse and began to set off down the little driveway towards 14th Street. His plan had worked. He had actually gotten away with it. But then, a few yards out, he looked up and his stomach dropped. There, Standing in the middle of the driveway was John Allen holding what appeared to be a heavy wooden club. Eddie's backside had been met with a switch or a belt or a cane before, but nothing as barbaric as a club. He sat up in the saddle and resolved to take his punishment like a man, all the while the horse carried on, coming closer and closer to John Allen, whereupon the horse stopped. Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to learn more about Eddie's devolution to become the master of the macabre, please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, periodicals obtained from multiple Poe museums, notable scholars and the National Archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Our music today is from Esther Abrami. It should be noted that some of the characters in Evermore Poe are composites of real people, including servants and slaves who lived in the Allen home at the time of our story. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research one of the most thrilling American authors of all time. Our story continues again next time on Evermore Poe. Until then, I'm Chris Kosach. Thank you for listening.